Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are late, but now we're live. It's all good. we got to let it breathe just for a moment here, though, while we bring on the Facebook community. Bear with us just one moment here, gang. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, kind of been a quiet weekend. I know today, though, you kind of spit some fire on uh, Episode 7 of Kelberman's Corner over on Facebook for our supporters. But other than that, how's your weekend been? It's been quiet, and I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to the NFL. I mean, these type of transactions happen either in the dead of the night or, you know, early in the morning. So I'm kind of, you know, suspicious as to why there's been nothing, no news. But this is how it's going to be until free agency. But the good thing is, Chad, it's only around the corner now. It's, It's less than a month until the open market officially opens March 17th. It's going to be on soon. So I'm kind of biding my time knowing that the storm is coming and we're bracing for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the new league year officially opens March 17th, and legal tampering will open up two days prior to that as far as free agency. But, you know, that's still quite a ways to go in terms of potential trades that could go down. And I know right now, of course, that Broncos country, for the most part, remains completely on its chair, the edge of its seat, wondering what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And as much as guys like you and I are kind of like, man, I wish this thing would just go away because it just seems like the height of improbability, right? It won't. I mean, FanDuel updates its odds to reflect the Denver Broncos as plus, was it plus 300? Or plus, I'll pull it up. But number one, best odds to land Deshaun Watson in a trade. And yet, Zach, on the other hand, you have Houston Chronicles, longtime Houston insider. I mean, this guy is a Houston football insider dating back to when the Houston Oilers were the team in Houston. He's John the Cliss McClain. of the Texans. He is the Cliss of the Texans, and he's a Hall of Fame voter. I mean, this dude is, you know, uh, he's legit. He's saying, I guarantee the Denver Broncos won't land Deshaun Watson, and he picked the Jets of all teams. And, you know, I haven't heard a lot of buzz about the Jets, and I think it's just because of the the multiple first-round picks that they could give up. Right. but. It just won't go away. The Broncos keep getting roped back into it. So my question to you is, why do you think that is? Could it simply be because George Payton has been so overt 
and so public in his pursuit of every quarterback that's even been modestly available up to this point? I think Vegas in you know, odds makers, I understand a lot of people put a lot of, um, you know, into it, a lot of onus into it, but I just think Vegas reads the same reports we do. And all the chatter lately has been linking Deshaun Watson at Denver, some with the Niners, some with the Dolphins, some with the Jets, but it seems like there's a groundswell of Deshaun Watson at Denver talking. Vegas has taken, taken hold of that. And they're always being talked about as a team that's going to go all in for Deshaun Watson or all in for a quarterback. And once Carson Wentz was moved, I feel like odds makers, all speculation on my part, I feel like odds makers, uh, we're more prone to think that this carousel is just beginning now and the next shoot to drop could be Deshaun Watson. I still don't think, and you guys can kill me for it, the Broncos are going to land him. And you wonder about the Jets chat. You, you have to figure it like this. If they are going to trade him, would they want to pick ninth overall or second overall? And when they have the leverage there, they choose. I understand he has a no trade clause, but I think he'd want to get out of Houston so bad he would not mind going to New York. A lot of smoke to that fire as well. New York, the Dolphins, and the Den- and the Broncos have been the three teams linked most. He wants to play for Robert Salah. They have an exciting, innovative young offense there. I think it'd be a good spot for him and for Houston to get that number two overall pick. That is gold. That is platinum. That's beyond gold. I don't see the allure. Uh, of the Jets in any way, shape, or form. And what has Robert Salah, <clears throat> no offense, like what has he done to command the, you know, uh, coveted, uh, that's where I want to go, <clears throat> excuse me, as a young quarterback. Like, What I has Vic Fangio? Young, well, what's that? What has Vic Fangio done? Well, I, I don't think it's so much about Vic. If he were to come here, would sim- I think for, for Watson, it would be all about the allure of a, one of the most storied franchises in the league and the talent on that side of the ball. Now I'm not going to. I don't. I'm not an expert on the Jets as far as their personnel. I haven't even looked at a roster for them lately. But who's who do they got on offense that's going to allow a guy like Deshaun who has that no trade clause? So he might be demanding a trade, but at the end of the day, he can't be traded to a place unless he signs off on it. It's true. I, I, and you look at the skill positions. There's no. There's no argument. It's indisputable that Denver boasts better weapons for Deshaun Watson. But he has to sign off in it. I just think that. All the things we're led to believe is that Deshaun wants so badly out of Houston. He's willing to go anywhere. And if that's the case, if he signs off on any trade, I feel like the Texans, their first inclination will take that number two pick over the number ninth overall pick. And I think the Jets have some talent on defense. They have um, Quinn and Williams, a young defensive piece that could really draw the Houston's eye. And they don't want necessarily Von Miller. They don't want an older player. They don't want you know, some broken down rental. They want a young defensive starter. And that's exactly what Quinn Williams would be in a potential trade. Not only that, the number two overall pick. And that's why I think you have the Jets as a logical landing spot. It's going to be uh, interesting to to see how it plays out. But I'm with you right now in that it's kind of been, and maybe this is simply because we're in the off season, but it's been eerily quiet the last couple of days. And it just feels like on a Monday or a Tuesday, another shoe is going to drop. And something might something might happen. But guys, we're not done talking about this. We got a lot more to get to tonight, including what's on your mind. We see a lot of questions and super chats stacking up. It is so great to be here with each and every one of you. Appreciate you checking in and spending some time with us here tonight. We're gonna dive into your comments, your questions here in just a second. But first, we do have to say hello and thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. And right now, gang, by this point, hopefully you have really bought into the whole, hey, it's 2021, It's we're well into a new year, it's a new year, new me mindset. 
Manscaped's the best way to help you cultivate that mindset. All right. They've been helping. They've helped over 2 million men around the world over the years. Keep their male grooming on point. They provide you that precision engineered tools for your family jewels. So if you did maybe let yourself go a little bit in 2020 due to quarantine or whatever issue it might have been, Manscaped is here to help you reboot, stay clean and shaved in 2021. Yeah, I'm actually, again, I'm double fisting our Manscaped products here. You have the lawnmower and the weed whacker. Both I use uh, very often. It's no lie, no BS, guys. I use this almost daily for one reason or another. Doesn't have to be, I'll say this again, doesn't have to necessarily be below the the, the belt, even though that's what they're marketed for. You can use it for your arms, your forearms, your neck, your your chest, your back, any part of your body, inside your nose, inside your ears. It sounds nasty. It's not something that men like to talk about, but it's something that all men require if you want to look good and feel good. And Manscaped is the, is the product for that, chat. I cannot recommend it highly enough. The thing they like us to talk most about is their piste de la resistance. All right, this is the Lawnmower 3.0. What's cool about it, all right, there's a million different razors out there, electric razors you could get for below the, the, the belt grooming. What makes this one the best is the skin-safe technology on the blade. So that's kind of some weird territory when you're trying to navigate down there, a little bumpy, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't nick, all right? This is skin-safe. Plus, you got the light, illuminate the undercarriage, and you can take this bad boy in the shower with you. It's waterproof. So my other thing about Manscaped that I absolutely love, and this is the last thing, there are so many different products that you can utilize to help take your male grooming game to a whole other level. So go to manscaped.com, get in on that action right now. If you use the code huddle, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping and trust. When we say your family jewels will thank you. Yes. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code huddle. Happy new year to you and your family jewels. A lot to uh, still get to here. Bear with me just one second. Um, Quickly, though, have you followed the Huddle Up podcast Facebook page? If not, guys, you got to get on that. We need you over there. All right. We need your input. We need you following and liking that page because we have some big plans this year for 2021 for that community. So I'm going to put the link here in the chat. Head on over. Most of us who use Facebook, you just use the app. Very few people use the browser. But if you're inclined to do so, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We're going to be giving away some swag tomorrow night to randomly selected followers of that page. That could be you. Hat, T-shirt, hoodie, something like that. So make sure you follow that page. Also, again, connect with us on Twitter at huddleuppod. The main account is at milehighhuddle. And then Check out the merch store when you get some time, huddleuppod.com, and get your swag on. Get a hat, get a tee, get a hoodie, et cetera. It's another way to support what we're doing here. And I just got some new designs sent to me tonight that are going to be very soon going on the merch page uh, in the next 24 hours. So there's going to be some new designs for your uh, liking here in just, uh, just a day or so. So check that out. And then also, in case you heard us reference it at the top of the show, Kelberman's Corner episode seven was today at noon mountain time. It was Zach. It was Kim Becker. And Zach was spitting fire at some of the hatred he was receiving on the old interwebs from the faceless, nameless folks out there that like to uh, throw rocks at, at people who do this for a living. And it was fun to see. It was fun to hear. It was fun to be a part of. Appreciate each and every one of you that were there with us. If you'd like to become a supporter and get access to Mile High Huddle's premium VIP video content, just go to Facebook.com. Slash Mile High Huddle or open up the page that you're following of us on 
uh, Facebook, see the big blue button that says become a supporter. Click that. You're in like Flynn and you will be notified and have access to all of our VIP content, which we are building on moving forward. So we're just scratching the surface with Kelberman's Corner. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, seriously, it's all good. We are just stoked to have you with us here. We do ask these three things. All right. Subscribe, like the video. I'm going to say that again, like the video. All right. It helps us tremendously. And then three is if we're doing a good job, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. All right, John, let's see uh, some of our patient superstars. JT in the house. It was great getting to chat with JT last week from across the pond. He killed it, Zach. He killed it. He did. He did. He was great. Uh, He says, thank you, JT. He says, can't wait to listen on the commute in the morning because, by the way, it's like wee hours of the morn on the other side of the pond. Woke up with baby Ivy needing a feed, so showing some love at the same time. Back to sleep for us now. Yeah, (laughs) get some Zs, my friend. Get some Zs. But yeah, that's what uh, that's what awaits me in just a few months. You know, my wife's pregnant, baby due in June. But you know what? Our uh, our dynamic is when you know my wife actually is most mostly the one that gets up with the kid in the in the years past. We'll see if that's changed now, right? A few years, a few more years down the road, we'll see if that changes. But uh, that's one thing that yeah, I I'm not uh, looking forward to. David, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. We're looking forward to having you on the show in the near future. He says with the Watson rumors. Do you guys think that this is all fake or is there smoke? So maybe is there any fire at the base of that smoke set? This is not fake. This is not manufactured. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm among the few, the minority that believes the Broncos aren't going to land Deshaun Watson, but I do believe George Payton has made a call or will make a call. I do believe there's a level of interest because it's not just national reporters. It's not just local reporters. We're hearing reports from everyone and we know that Kareem Jackson is working behind the scenes to land Deshaun in Denver uh, if that sh- uh, sh- so should happen. I do believe, like George Payton said, he'll be involved in every deal. He'll be aggressive but not reckless to that extent as well. I also believe what he said when he doesn't want to give away draft picks and wants to actually stack them. I don't believe that was disinformation or some, you know, some pseudo counter argument to kind of like throw people off his trail. I do believe he'll be in on Deshaun Watson, but once Houston lays out its demands, I do believe George Payton will be like, okay, I tried, you know, plan B time. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna, whoever, if, if the Texans finally acquiesce and um, agree to, to, to trade Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's going to be a King's ransom and there will be at least five teams pushing, competing hard for that trade. And it's going to take one that that Nick Casario, the new GM there, can't refuse. 
And that's what makes Zach and I a little uncomfortable because, man, that's just a, that's just going to be steep. And here's Savage Boy Kev on Twitch. Appreciate you being with us again, uh, Kev. And also for the super chat last week, we do appreciate that. He says, wouldn't Houston want to trade Watson and get something out of it? Because if Watson gets to free agency, Houston's going to be doomed. Well, Zach, he's not going to be a free agent anytime soon. He just signed a four-year extension right. last fall. All right? So if anything, the Texans, what they have to worry about is him coming, holding true on his threat to sit out the season. Then you have nothing. I mean, you didn't get any picks out of him. He's not playing football for you. And, yeah, you're not having to pay him. I mean, that's the risk that Watson runs if he does follow through on that threat, Zach. So you're not having to pay him, yeah, but now you don't have a quarterback either. So you don't have the quarterback and you didn't get any picks to take the sting off, help you rebuild. That's why I think this is just, look, they're going to have to trade him, I think, eventually. I just don't know if that's going to be in this offseason or if it's going to be after a power struggle during the season where he sits down and won't play and they're finally like to hell with it and they trade him halfway through the year. I don't know that they would have to trade him, though. I mean, if they have the leverage right now in the terms that he's under contract still, I mean, he they own his rights. His only course of, of action is to sit out the season and not only rack up fines, Chad, but if he sits out past, what is it, week 10, he loses an accrued year toward free agency, which is uh, not what Deshaun wants to do if he wants to get paid again. These players on these big contracts, just like Von Miller, they're looking to cash in again, Chad. That's the thing with Dak Prescott. He wanted a four-year contract so he can get another contract when he was 30. It's the same thing to Sean Watson going on to 26 years old, no doubt wants to do. So they can say, listen, you don't want to play for us, fine. You go sit in the corner, you go pout, be unhappy, we'll draft your quarterback and we'll play without you. They don't necessarily have to trade him. Team Yelkick, a.k.a. Christian, good to see you, my friend. <clears throat> a guy that has become a superstar over the last month or so. Really appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. He says, sorry, guys, I've been missing a lot. Just got back from vacation. Anyways, go Broncos, hashtag state of being from Michigan. Where'd you go, by the way? I'm going on vacay at the end of March, first end of March, first week of April. I'm going to be gone. I'll still probably be able to do some pod, <clears throat> some pod stuff. We'll see. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be in uh, Florida soaking up, soaking up the rays. All right. So where'd you go, Christian? Curious to know, but thank you for the support, bro. Yeah. Hopefully it's a state where you have some uh, more freedom than others. And speaking of that, I mean, we looked at, should we go to California? Because we want to do something before this, this baby comes, right? So, because once the baby comes, it's going to, um, you know, you can't, it kind of ties you down for a while. And we wanted to do something with the, with the other kids. So we look around and I talked to a few people who had recently vacationed in California. And they said, dude, you don't want to do it. Like, it's <laughs> oppressive. It's bad. It's, you can't do anything. It's Their governor is getting recalled. You don't want a vacation there right now. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, right. it's a bad place to be. So we're, we're going to Florida where things are <clears throat> a little bit more, <clears throat> excuse me, open, but of course we're going to be safe and, and, you know, take all the precautions we can, but we're not going to be paralyzed by fear forever because of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaela, good to see you. Appreciate that super chat. And Michaela came on strong last year probably about this time, somewhere in the off season, definitely before the regular season started. And we really appreciate having you back. She says, Deshaun Watson has requested a trade, but the Houston Texans do not intend to trade him. So it is a moot point. Are we fooling ourselves? Yeah, it's a moot point um, for now. But I do think, Zach, like I said, I started with this. My initial position has evolved because I started from the point of, there is no way in Sam Hill. The Houston Texans would be dumb enough 
to trade Deshaun Watson. But then again, how could they be dumb enough to get allow it, their situation to get to a point where he wants to be traded after he just signed a big extension, excited to be a Texan for life, presumably, right? But makes him a $100 million quarterback. But then just it's just been a incompetence fest from the time that, you know, before Bill O'Brien was canned all the way up until now. And so I can't sleep on it. I think he's going to strong arm his way out of Houston. To me now, Zach, it's just the question of when. When do they give? Because now it's a it's a pissing match. Pardon my French a little bit there. Who, you know, who can withstand it the longest and who has the most leverage? I don't know. I don't I don't think Watson wants to lose all that money that he stands to lose by holding out, but I think he ends up holding a little more power in this situation than the Texans. It's when and it's also where, obviously. Where is Deshaun gonna go? Um it, it could be where it's a protracted holdout through training camp, through the opening of the regular season. This situation might not get resolved, Chad, till the trade deadline in late October. It might devolve into that. But again, if he sits out past, I believe it's week ten or week eleven, he loses a year, uh sort of the open market. So one way or the other, I think it will get resolved. Either Deshaun stays in Houston this year or he does get traded. I just wouldn't hold your breath on anything going down in the next two, three, four weeks. And that's real quick. The Broncos can't wait on Deshaun Watson either, Chad. They have a roster to build. Peyton has a team to build. They have other holes on the roster. It's, are you going to be available? Do you want to be traded? Can we get him? If not, they have to move on. That's my point. Yep. I feel you there. We got one from Drew. <clears throat> Good to see you, my friend. Longtime superstar. Still would love to get you on the show. Uh, reach out if that's something you'd be interested in doing, my friend. He says, I really don't see Watson getting out of Houston. It's a shame. He deserves so much better. And I wouldn't be willing to give up anywhere near what it would take. You know, here's when I would, it was put to me. Oh, thank you, by the way, Drew. Let me, let me put it, let me add this to it. And then I want your thoughts on what Drew had to say there, Zach. It was put to me this way, not too long ago. I think it was last week that, uh, you know, because my reticence and I'll say our reticence to give up all a bunch of first rounders to, to land, um, Deshaun Watson, but someone said to me, well, the statistics show that it's basically like a fit, just over 50% bust rate on first round picks in the league. When you get five years out, it's about, a, you know, it's about a 50, a little more than a 50% bust rate. So let's say it took three first rounders. You know, one of those are probably going to be a bust just based on the odds. It doesn't guarantee it because every team is in situation is different, but you know, turn, if the Broncos were to make all those picks, in other words, probably one of them, at least would be a bust is what this logic is trying to, to convey here. Does that mitigate the sting for you at all, Zach? This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com energyaudit energy audit. 
hypothetically guessing that a first round pick they would they would give up would be a bust. I, it doesn't really do me comfort one way or the other. And there's also the probability chat to kind of play devil's advocate. Is there a certainty that Deshaun Watson would bring the Broncos a title? Because that's the whole reason why you're trading for him is to win a Super Bowl. And unless he does that within the first, you know, two, three seasons, that trade would go down like a first round pick would be in this, in this scenario as a bust. So it works both ways. And to Drew's point, what a lot of people fail to recognize, like they fail to recognize last year with Locke and Pat Shermer, two things can be true at once. I, I do feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I, I realize how badly Houston has mangled that. They, they, they treated him poorly and they shouldn't have. But I also don't think the Broncos should or will give up that much capital to land him. So, if again, what I said on KK earlier today, unless you fit in one of those boxes, then you're becoming the one that's weird and not wanting it. You're becoming the one that's not a good fan or a good analyst. You don't know what you're talking about. But both things could be true. And I agree. Tend, I, I, I tend to agree with what Drew is saying here and his logic. All right, let's grab this one from the freaking superstar, Mike Evans. Good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate you. He says, to rebuild the defense through the draft, do we prioritize selecting the best player available or focus on drafting players to stop the Chiefs? You know, I think stopping the Chiefs is a macro uh, objective that kind of needs to to be on the back of Peyton's mind, Fangio's mind, everyone at Dove Valley, but really it comes down to your own team. Like you just have to, what is your vision? What's your vision for a championship? And then, you know, figuring out how to get there and drafting to that particular vision. And, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the whole BPA thing that teams, the best teams in the, in the league are the best, smartest GMs. They only, they, they set their board and then wherever they end up when they're on the clock, that the person that is the highest on that board that is still available, that's who the pick is. That's not how it works. All right. Rarely. The way it usually works is the best player at the position they're looking to draft. They usually most teams, they have like two or three positions they're looking at in a given round. All right. Depending on what happened in the previous round or uh, whatever. In the case of like a first round, they'll have two or three, maybe four different positions that they could use that they're like, all right, we need a first round caliber guy here, which means starter within two years. All right. And uh, then when they get on the clock, Zach, it's not just best player available Generally, it's best player at available at one of those key positions. Right. That we feel is confident in our system and our scheme with our coaching staff. And, you know, you can make the argument that the whole stopping the Chiefs and the, a lot of that Chiefs lore went away against the Buccaneers. You know, the Buccaneers gave the NFL the blueprint how to beat the Chiefs. That's play really, really elite defense and have an offense that scores more than them. It's not rocket science, but they don't really necessarily have to operate with this big brother mentality in mind. The Chiefs are this all-knowing being, this undefeated being, this impenetrable team. They were penetrated in the Super Bowl, Chad. Pardon my French there, but that's, you know, we saw it happen. And over and over and over, it wasn't pretty. And there wasn't much, you know, there, there was not a lot of resistance there. So. Is, 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 is Mondongus or Mark in this chat? Because I can <laughs> the puns are coming. You know they're coming. I'm trying to put it back on a PG uh, track. So uh, they can't operate just like the same thing with Locke. They don't want to have the next Mahomes. Let Locke be the next Locke. They have to make the moves that are uh, in the best interest of the Broncos, not because they want to slow down the Chiefs. If they make the best moves in the interest of Denver, they will naturally compete against the Chiefs. Eddie Vasquez, longtime superstar. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, I miss my MHH fam. Been gone a while. And the outage, the power outage in Texas, 
Uh, but I'm back and ready to show some huddle up love. Thanks, Chad and Zach, for always being there. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you, Eddie. And um, I'm glad to hear you rather you weathered that storm because I know it was pretty touch and go there in Texas for a while. Yeah, that's uh, that's not once in a generation type winter storm. I hope you, you have your power, your water is running, and I hope your family's okay, Eddie. That's uh, scary stuff there. Indeed. Josh. Alstrom in the house, another longtime member of this community. It's great to have you, a superstar. He says, imagine telling one of your stars they're going to Houston. So imagine, you know, telling – because here's what – here's the latest I've heard, Zach. Three first-rounders, two at minimum, all right, but probably three first-rounders and or two second-round picks – and two cornerstone defensive players. And when it's cornerstone, they're not talking about long tooths, right, or gray beards. They're talking about Bradley Chubb. They're talking about Draymond Jones, or if Simmons was under contract, a guy like that. So you want to talk about what Josh is saying here, telling, let's say, Bradley Chubb, hey, guess what, Doc, you're going to Houston. I think the only thing that Chubb would like about that is he's a little bit closer to, what is he from, Georgia? This is his home state, I think I want to say. I don't know. Maybe it's North. Ah, now I'm now. I'm, but either way, it's a little bit closer to the East Coast where he's from in the South. Imagine scoring 39 points and giving up 40 every game because that's what would happen if the Broncos <laughs> made that trade. So, moving on. Speaking of, here's something interesting that uh, John found. Uh, give me one second here. I want to show you guys this. It's uh, it's interesting. Something Justin Simmons had to say the other night. Is that the same? Be wannabes from Mile High Huddle. Oh, that's the wrong one, John. I'll find the other clip. Hold on, let me find that on the next super. I'll find it and upload it. Stand by, guys. We'll, we'll I'll bring that up in a second. We did get a shout out though from Jay Sims. That's legit. We'll play that. Yeah, we'll play that. Let me let me find it. That's the. Well, I'll come back to it. Mark Langley, what's up, bro? Good to see you. He says, uh, "What's up, my guys? So, is Watson coming to Denver or what? Wow, all the reports won't stop." Yeah, that's what we're that's kind of what we're trying to feel out here. And I know I think you and I kind of differ a little bit on this. Like I uh, we I get tired of writing some of the reports over and over again because you feel like you've written this story now three times or four times or five times or whatever. But I love this part of the NFL calendar. I love the speculation, even though I'm a I mean, you could call me a Drew Lock truther. All right, that's fine. I prefer the Broncos stay the course with Drew. That's my plan A. All right. But I do love and savor the speculation and the buzz and the different components to the offseason trail. And if it involves a quarterback, it's a it's just all the juice here. It is. And, you know, the quarterback is the most important position, not just in the NFL, but all the sports. And the Broncos haven't had that. And this can be the best quarterback, you know, by far since Peyton Manning. So, yeah, I, I do like the reports. I like the rumblings. I love the rumors. We live for the offseason. What I don't like, though, is feeling like I'm wrong or or bad at my job because I think the Broncos shouldn't or won't get Deshaun Watson. So there's this real cult mentality now when it comes to these reports and these rumors, and it's firing everyone up. The fan base is vexed. They're impatient. They're frustrated. I understand that, but take a breath. It'll be okay one way or the other, I promise. Look, I'm going to have to do it this way, John, because I don't want to spend all, all time. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we got, we got Josh. Um, I don't want to spend too much time trying to find the correct file, so I'm going to do it this way. Uh, bear with us one one second here, gang. I'm going to do it like this. This is something John discovered uh, the other night that Justin Simmons had to say on this very topic. Watson in Denver, though. Uh, we just got to see what happens, man. I like I, I like Drew. 
You know what I'm saying? I think if anyone adds, if anyone adds somebody like Deshaun Watson, you're automatically contenders, right? That dude is a gener like he is an amazing talent. Um, and with that being said, I also love Drew, and I think he's going to be great as years go on. You know? All right. So, was that lip service, Zach, or did did you sense the uh, the note of? sincerity and what he said about Drew there on the on the back half. I think he's been a good teammate. And when you contrast that with Jerry Judy or some of these other comments that have come out, you know, Kareem Jackson about Deshaun Watson, it's actually refreshing to hear a Broncos player support his Broncos teammate. I'm not putting all stock in it, but again, both things could be true. Deshaun Watson's a hell of a quarterback. He's a hell of a talent, but a lot of internal optimism still surrounds Drew Locke and not just in the in the locker room, but the front office as well. Fat Cats, good to see you, my friend. Bonafide superstar. He says, we have a much, we have such a desperate need at corner. I just don't see how you let go of the number nine pick with who's out there this year. If anything, maybe stockpile picks. Yeah, that's what's so counterintuitive, in my opinion, Zach, about how George Payton has maneuvered this offseason, juxtaposed with what he said on the podium in his Hello Presser about you know, building and drafting and develop, build through the draft, stockpile picks. And yet both quarterbacks, we know he's been on the trail of. I'm talking Stafford. I'm talking Watson. The whole uh, Carson Wentz thing, there was everyone I've talked to, and I'm talking bona fide Bronco insiders. They said there was no smoke to that. There was no fire to that smoke as far as Broncos Wentz. They weren't interested in Wentz. But look at the haul that the Detroit Lions got for, for Stafford. And then look, of course, as we speculate what the hall is going to be when, when the Texans finally do succumb and trade, it doesn't jibe with what he said in terms of his philosophy on that podium. And you got to take him at his word until we see more of his tenure play out. You know, this time next year, we'll have a full year of George Payton as GM, and we can kind of start predicting his moves and his rationale in the same way we've done uh, John Elway, Chad, for many years now. I just think the Broncos, and I'll say this again, they're more likely to trade back in round one or in the draft than they are to trade up. That's just what I've gathered from George Payton, not only what he says, but what he does. What's up, Fernando? This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, let's grab Zachary Smouse is in the house. ZW Designs, as he is known on YouTube. Great to have you, my friend, and uh, hope you're doing well. Looks like you're doing well. I mean, talk about a guy that has gone from being a member of the community, which he's still a member of the community, but to becoming like prolific podcaster. We're proud of you, my friend. We're proud of you. So keep it up. Uh, Appreciate the love. He says, just because. And uh, much love to you as well, my doc. Appreciate you. Uh, We got Rogue Theory. We got Josh. What's up, dude? Good to see you. There's another guy that's been great to get to know the last few weeks. He's come on strong as, as a superstar. He has worked his way up to that echelon here at MHH. Appreciate you. He says, remember when uh, three beat four with weapons and continuity? Zach, I need your interpretation Lock here. beat Rippin? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's Locke. Oh, no, Watson. Watson. Houston. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Right? Is that what he's saying? Josh, yeah, that's got to be the Houston game 2019, yeah. Clarify, because, yeah, that's true. And you know what was so pleasantly surprising about that Week 14 game in 2019 was that, you know, the Broncos up to that point had, what's see, they finished with seven total wins, and Drew went four. So they, they had four wins that year, and they were in Week 14. And they were going up against a Houston Texans team that was the eventual AFC South champs. They they won double-digit games that year, and they were at home. And the Broncos put the smack down, and Drew Locke got hot from the drop. And Watson, you know, he was cold early, uh, heated up late, but it was just too little too late. Drew Locke laid the smack down on Deshaun Watson, and fans have forgotten about that, Zach, because of the phenomenon known as recency bias that's right but let's chat real quickly lay out the excuses as to why drew lock did so well that game you know the the nfl had no film on them he was playing the texans defense it was luck i mean the the playbook was dummy down by scangarello that year he does have these shiny examples on his resume you saw it against carolina you saw it to an extent against the raiders in the finale he has tangible talent and when you go up against the best, as he's done, Chad, he's faced Cam Newton. He should have won that game if his receivers you know, caught passes. He has gone toe-to-toe with some of the best quarterbacks. And he, his worst games come against the lesser quarterbacks. I think he rises to the challenge. Not saying he is Deshaun Watson, but there are examples where he's gotten the best of some of his better counterparts. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, John, <clears throat> after we grab the queen here, I'll tell you where we're at. We have... Um, excuse me, we have um, Michael, Michael K, Levi, Dale, Willie, Josh again, Michaela again, and then we're current with where I'm at, excuse me, around uh, 646. Man, frog in my throat. One second. All right, pardon me. Christy, in the house, and she was there today as well for Kelberman's Corner, supporting on Facebook, supporting on YouTube, Super Chat. We love you. We appreciate you. Her message is, Hope you all have an amazing night. Uh, by the way, we never finished. That was my bad, Christy. We need to uh, set up a time to get you back on. So I'll hit you up later after this pod. We'll, we'll schedule a time. But I think that it's overdue. It's time to get you back on the, on the show. Thank you, Queen. We love you. All right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, John. Uh, there he is. Michael K. in the house. 
Appreciate you, bro. He says, Zach, it's going to crush me here, but I wonder if trading a second for Sam Darnold would be a steal. Bad coaching, or is he just not good? I'm just thinking out loud. You start on this one, Zach. I'm not going to crush you, Michael. I was never that high on Darnold coming out of USC, and I I know that he uh, did not benefit from having Adam Gase and Bad offensive line, bad weapons. He would be salvageable, but not in the Broncos' offense, not with Pat Shermer. The Niners can salvage him. The Rams could salvage him. The the Packers, if they needed a quarterback, could salvage him, but not Pat Shermer. There's a difference there. The offensive scheme that he'd be coming to, I think, and you're going to crush me for this, Michael, but I think Adam Gase is a better offensive mind than Pat Shermer in this day and age. Might be a hot take. But, you know, if he can't cut it in New York with him, he would not cut it in Denver with Pat Shermer. I would want that second-round pick, Chad. I would rather draft a quarterback or fill one of the other many needs on the roster than trade for Sam Darnold and take on, you know, the, the last year of his contract or uh, mm-hmm. second to last year. Well, how many years he has left? 18, 19, 20. So he's he's got a fifth-year fifth year option. Yeah. Uh, but listen, <clears throat> if you're going to – try and do a highly drafted reclamation project. Why not just roll with Drew Locke? Seriously. Like who is more damaged uh, goods than who's more, who, who, who would fit that definition more in your opinion, Zach damaged goods, Carson was Sam, Sam Darnold <laughs> or Drew Locke. Cause to right. me, it's Sam Darnold. Like he crashed and burned hard, not like on an Epic level where he's an embarrassment or anything, but like this is a top five drafted quarterback that has done squat except beat the Broncos in week three of the 2019 season other like and he has one great highlight play against the Broncos also of last year where he made Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson look like the Keystone cops but I'm with you if you're gonna go to a young unproven reclamation your better option is to just stick with Drew and even more so better than going to the draft this year because Fangio's got to win now dude and let me tell you something with very few exceptions, teams that either choose to or are forced to play rookie quarterbacks, no matter how good that quarterback is, they don't win. It's very rare that it's that that's not true. All right, look at this past season. Justin Herbert comes out of the box. They unwrap it. Nice gift present from the draft. He does nothing but drop freaking bombs and set passing records for a rookie. What? How did it serve him? How did it, did it save Anthony Lynn? It did not. Right. Yeah, and the thing with, you know, have you ever seen Drew Locke see ghosts or get killed for seeing ghosts? And that's what happened. They're both young quarterbacks. They're both impressionable, and they're both still developing. But I, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with you, Chad. That's a great point. If I'm going to gamble on a young quarterback, I'd gamble on the guy that we still haven't seen the best of. I think we, for the most part, we might have seen the best of Sam Darnold. He's a guy where... David Carr syndrome, Josh Rosen syndrome. You have a small window where you have to mold these guys. Like raising an infant, Chad. If you don't treat them well, they're not going to grow up to be healthy and strong and, and smart and all that. You have to, it's the same thing with a the quarterback. They're, they have little infant minds that you have to mold. They're, their brains are sponges. And Sam Darnold, unfortunately, he's been ruined. I wouldn't say the same thing about Drew Locke, though. I think he still can be salvaged, though, again, with Pat Shermer. We never know. Levi, another great superstar that was there today for Kelberman's Corner, also showing us love on Super Chat. This is what it means to be a a true MHH Mount Rushmore superstar. Love you, buddy. He says, Zach, you're correct about social media, my friend. At least you give opinions on a topic you know something about. Most don't. You belong in the football world and Broncos country. So Levi's riffing off of uh, 
Zach spitting some fire today during Kelberman's corner at some of the vitriol he received for writing a, I'll be honest with you, pretty innocuous, all right? And I don't mean anything by that, Zach, but a pretty innocuous, um, you know, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes, for example, here, all right? This is not hot takey to say, hey, this guy just got hired as the number two from Minnesota to be the number one, the GM in Denver. Let's take a look at who maybe some of the free agents from his former spot might follow him here when the free agent bell dings in March. And yet the vitriol was surprisingly out of balance for, for that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because everyone's on their soapbox, Chad. And, you know, it, I, I blame myself because I also fed those comments and I gave those trolls what they wanted. And uh, you can never feed the trolls. But social media is toxic, Chad. Twitter is toxic. We have to be on there for our jobs and for our careers. And it serves some purpose. But social media, in my opinion, is the downturn of the world since it was the, in, introduced. And just the Cam Newton incident today, Chad, where he was heckled by a young kid the young kid wanted nothing more. What he was saying was ridiculous. I don't believe in, I believe that he meant what he said, but he wanted the likes. He wanted the clout. He wanted the social media influence. And you know what? He got it. He did. Michaela, thank you. Appreciate you again. She says, I'm afraid it's going to end up where Watson will hate playing where he's at. He'll end up retiring like a Barry Sanders or a Megatron. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy that two of those, I mean, I can't think of another NFL story anywhere where a player that was Hall of Fame caliber, so unhappy with where he was that he just said at the peak, still maybe not the peak of his career, but still in the in the prime, you know, um, window. Hey, Andrew Luck. Cleats. I'm out. Yeah, Luck, yeah. Luck would be the he other. Wasn't he wasn't unhappy. Yeah, he yeah he wasn't unhappy with Indy, but that's one guy that comes to mind where it's like he walked away so stunningly, Chad, in the, I think at the height of his career. Dale, appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. Appreciate that generosity. He says, I don't get the hate towards Locke. Had a fa- I had a fan, in quotes, <laughs> tell me he hopes to see Locke fail next year so that he can be right about him. I can't, uh, can't fans see the best outcome for the Broncos is for Locke to succeed next year? Some fans can't because they're dug in, all right? They're dug in, and it's the same for a lot of people in media as well. You know, they end up um, – it's like Caesar crossing the Rubicon, right? They br- they burn the bridges and there's no going back. Like they stay that course till the bitter end and oftentimes to their hurt. And when that happens, whether it's a fan or somebody in media, Zach, it's the proverbial cutting off your nose to spite your face. In, their, in this case, like I don't understand the hate either. I really don't. I think – and you've heard me talk about this, guys, before on this podcast – I think, unfortunately for Drew, the reason so many have turned on him the way they have is not because he's been some colossal bust of a player. He hasn't. We're not talking about Paxton Lynch here, but it's he unfairly gets painted with the same brush. It's really a culmination, actually, Zach, of five years of world of suck, and he yes. just happens to be the easy target right now because right. he's the Q. Give him more time. Give him one more year in the scheme. I do think it's it still makes the most sense. You want to talk about – Stockpiling your picks. You got so many holes to fill on defense. Use those picks, fill those holes, run it back one more year with Drew. Because unless you can land a day one uh, proven upgrade, and what's left out there that's actually, you know, within the grasp of a George Payton, maybe, maybe Watson. All right. Wilson, I don't think is getting traded from Seattle. It's Watson or bust. There's no one else out there that actually has a realistic chance of landing in Denver 
who you could convince to me to convince me today would be a day one upgrade over Drew. So that being the case, if Vic Fangio wants to save his job beyond 2021, he wants that fourth year as the head coach. Honestly, if you don't land uh, Deshaun Watson, Drew, in my opinion, gives you the best chance. But if you did land Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson, Zach, this is my last thing. I'm throwing it over to you. It's uh, it's almost fool's goldish because you, it, I think it would benefit you in the short term. I think you would have a surge. I think in 2021 they probably find a way to make some hay. They probably they probably get better than 500, and maybe they make the playoffs. But then those holes, man, those holes didn't get filled because you gave up your first, your seconds, you gave up two foundational defensive players, and if you're not putting up 35 points a game you're not going to compete as the Denver Broncos because there's so many holes on your defense. So it's a double-edged sword. And eventually, Zach, those chickens would come home to roost. So it's a pick-your-poison. It's a pick-your-poison proposition. What often happens on a double-edged sword is you get cut one way or the other. And and that's what the Broncos are going to learn as they make that trade. The whole, to Dale's point, though, is why some fans are more so rooting against Drew Locke than rooting for the Broncos. This goes back to my social media uh, rant, my tidbit today. It's because Broncos Twitter and check marks and people are telling Broncos fans that that Drew Locke is bad. He's a bottom five quarterback. The stats say this. The analytics say that. He's bad, 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 and they buy into it, Chad. I'm not going to get into politics, but there's a derangement with Drew Locke that is somewhat mirroring what you see in politics. Is The only thing I'm going to say on it, there are some people who voted for one candidate this year simply because they hated the other one so much. That's exactly the case with Locke and the Broncos. They would rather hate Locke and see him do bad. And for them to say, you know what? I was right. I told you so. Then for them to say, I was wrong. Locke actually worked out and the Broncos are better because of it. It's the same exact uh, syndrome, I should call it. Yeah, it is. Excuse me. It is in the Broncos' best interest for Drew Locke to develop into that franchise guy. Why? Because you walk the desert. You put in the time. you, you, You sweated the bullets, the blood, sweat, the tears. And you, if he succeeds, that means you probably kept all your draft picks instead of giving them up for a quick fix. And that means not only did he succeed and he got better and you made the right decision because you stuck with him through that development of the last stages of his developmental curve, but you also got to keep all your picks. And thus, you have an, a more balanced, competitive roster that you can actually go toe-to-toe with some of the giants in the league. Let's grab Deshaun here. Appreciate you, dog. He says, we have to be aggressive to win games. We can't just sit back and keep drafting players to keep losing games, when do you think they'll take the risk? I guess it, you got to tell me, like, what defined the risk? Do you mean going after Watson? Because I think he's, I think Peyton's going to give that the old college try if indeed he is made available sometime between now and the draft. So you think it's the Broncos have been so bad because they've been drafting players? That's that's the reason, not because of a pandemic or injuries or, you know, poor coaching, poor quarterback play. I will I will add to that. But you have to draft draft players. You have to build from within the best teams in the NFL. Look at the I mean, except for Brady, look at the the Buccaneers, what they did. All of those players and Shaq Barrett were homegrown. They were they were molded. They were drafted. Jason Light did a great job as the GM there. Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Packers. These teams live to draft players. They don't like to sign outside guys. So you have to build from within. And fortunately, despite how you might feel, Deshaun, the Broncos have a GM now who values that, who gravitates toward that. And say what you want about Minnesota, they have been consistent. They might not have been you know, winning titles every year, but consistently good. And right now, for the time being, considering the last five years, we will all take consistently good in Denver. 
All right, let's grab uh, Willie. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He said, Benjamin Albright said Houston will let Watson sit. In other words, what will happen on the threat of him sitting out? He's saying Albright has reported that Houston will just let him sit. And maybe that's true. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, Burn the guitarist. Good to see you, bro. Um, Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me do this one first. Hey, guys, you playing that clip got me thinking. When are we re-signing Justin Simmons? Come on, Peyton. Pay that man. P.S. The shirt came in. Picks soon. Right on. Yeah, send him over. Um, So the thing about Simmons and then, John, throw up up Josh now. Uh, The thing about Simmons is the buzz is he's going to get tagged again, and it's not because the Broncos don't want or don't intend on trying to negotiate a long-term deal, but they aren't interested in him hitting the open market. They don't want to have to compete with 31 other teams for his services, and so they'd rather tag him now. It might piss him off a little bit, but they'd rather tag him now which preserves basically forces him to he can only negotiate with the Broncos or play with on the tag and that buys them till till July to put together a deal that's what i'm hearing but there's nothing precluding the Broncos right now from coming to an agreement with Simmons on a long-term deal so the new league year opens March 17th legal tampering opens the 15th if he's not tagged or extended by the Broncos by the 15th of March Zach, that's when outside teams can start contacting him about, hey, what's it going to take? Here's what we're thinking. And that's when the Broncos, that's when George Payton could really lose control of this ball of wax. Yeah, and what's interesting is the franchise tag window actually opens Tuesday. So we might get some news one way or the other on Simmons, and you're 100% correct. They're not going to let him walk for nothing. In a worst-case scenario, if they wanted to unload him, they would tag and then trade him. So that could be a possibility. He will be in a Broncos uniform this season in 2021. I'm, I'm holding firm to that. And if I had it my way, Chad, they freed up some money from A.J. Boye. They have some salary cap space. Pay Simmons, pay Shelby Harris, and take care of your own in-house guys. Josh, again, thank you, bro. He says, if our quarterbacks going into next year are Ryan Fitzpatrick and Locke, the Broncos don't get Watson or draft a quarterback, I'm strongly considering not being a fan. So he's he would hate the idea of a, it sounds like, you know, one of those journeymen to come in and be the, the true fail-safe with Locke as the guy again, right? So he wants that quick fix. And I don't say that to be dismissive of you, Josh, but he is – Watson or bust. And I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment, Josh, because, you know, it's even though the Broncos are leading in the fan duel odds, I just think the haul that it's going to take, when a push comes to shove, George Payton would basically be risking his entire tenure as a GM. And he worked his entire life. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. To get that position. And if you bet the farm on Watson and it blows up in your face, and it could blow up in your face, Zach, through no fault of Deshaun Watson's. It could blow up in your face, not because of Deshaun, but because Deshaun was could not carry a defense that lacked first-round picks, that lacked cap space to sign free agents for three years. Then you lose it all if you're George Payton. So you would have to be perfectly, absolutely convinced that, that Watson could, could, by virtue of his own play, raise all ships, cover those holes like a Peyton Manning in his prime type quarterback, and if not, be relatively confident that if you still gave up those picks to land Watson, that you still the plan you had in place to still try and address those holes was sound enough to give you the comf- comfort and confidence to pull the trigger. And I just don't know if he's, if he's there yet. We don't know. Yeah, you kind of nailed it there. You have to ask yourself if you want to make this trade: Is Deshaun Watson Peyton Manning? Because this Peyton Manning or Patrick Mahomes are the only quarterbacks you can realistically make that trade for to give up so much and to sell the farm to that extent. And in my opinion, as good as Deshaun Watson is, he is not Peyton Manning, nor is he Patrick Mahomes. And to your point as well, Chad, who's to say that if they trade for Watson, he doesn't walk, you know, wrong one day and step wrong and he and he tears his ankle. You know, he breaks his ankle. Just like Von Miller. Things can happen in the NFL. So, Josh, I'm not gonna light you up too much. You've been a, a worthwhile and very interactive supporter with us, but which side of the jersey are you rooting for, the front or the back? And you kind of fit into that box that I was describing earlier. You hate Locke so much that you give up on your Broncos fandom if they don't replace him. I just I don't I don't subscribe to that theory. I don't either, and I could at least try and understand it if he was just like if he was Paxton Lynch through eighteen starts and he's still Paxton Lynch. I could understand being that fed up seriously, but. That's not what he's been. Uh, Kaiser, Kaiser Nada, good to see you. This is a newer name, Zach, that uh, on Super Chat. So welcome. welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, make sure you connect with us on Twitter, and uh, we like to tag you and keep keep the conversation going. It says, long-time viewer, first-time commenter. If Watson is a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback, why don't we go all in for him and build a team around him through free agency? Well, is he? Is he a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback? I mean – I'm not convinced of that. I don't, I'm I'm telling you, like we get a lot of hate Zach and I for even questioning is Watson a guy, (laughs) a top five guy, or is he a, even like this, we'll get hate over questioning if he's a once in a lifetime quarterback. Show me how, if you say he's a once in a lifetime quarterback, show me the empirical evidence you're leaning on for that conclusion. Is it the three pro bowls? Is it the, you can say the film and everything, but we've seen the film too. We watched the dude play for four years and then some dating back to Clemson. I'm not convinced. And what bothers me the most about it, Zach, he couldn't elevate the team last year. And I know it was a dumpster fire, but through, through his best efforts, that team was not competitive. 
you know, you pointed to his Pro Bowls and then you kept grasping for straws, Chad, to make that argument and you couldn't do it. What else can we lean on if not for superficial stats like passing yards or Pro Bowls? Isn't he one and two all time in the playoffs? They went four and 12 last year and he'll get excused and justified for the coaching, the injuries, whatever. Deshaun Watson, though, to me, is not once in a generation. He's not. He's a top five quarterback in this day and age in today's NFL. But overall, is Peyton Manning is a once in a generation quarterback. John Elway is a once in a generation quarterback. I don't, and I don't think anyone would lump Deshaun Watson in those categories. You're right. By the way, one and two all time led the uh, led the uh, Texans to a wild card berth in uh, 2018. Lost to the Colts. And then 2019 uh, uh, won the division, of course, but still had to play in the wild card and beat the Bills in overtime, but then got trounced by the eventual Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's grab Simon. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate that super up there north of the 49th parallel. Proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. It's wherever you are. And Simon, you're here with us, and we love you. He says, after listening to Eric and Lance, I'm more inclined to trade down, tender and trade Tim Patrick to accrue more picks in the top 100 and let our new GM go to work and rebuild the defense. Keep Locke and have faith in his progress. Great show, Zach and Kim. Another tip of the cap to Kelberman's Corner. Appreciate Thank you, Simon. You, um, I know, Zach, you and I differ a little bit on, on Timmy P. I came around quite a bit on Timmy P after, after his 2020 body of work, but – I think it because of the log jam the Broncos have it at wide receiver currently, I'd be all about if you can tag RFA, tag him and then or tender him and then trade him for a any any pick in the top one hundred, I'd be all about that. Yeah, that's where we differ. I think Tim Patrick would start on most teams in the NFL. And, you know, I would rather have him on the roster and him be that extra weapon for Locke or for Deshaun Watson or for whatever quarterbacks in Denver. I just think he's Cortland Sutton light, Chad. And if he was a Jag like a Juwan Winfrey or Tyree Cleveland, I'd be more inclined to deal him. But what he showed last year, he's more deserving of a contract extension than he is a trade. He, he, to me, he's like the, the Shelby Harris of offense. Very unheralded, but very, very good in his own right. John, we need Josh V, Jesse, um, Big Chonkers, whatever that means, uh, Illustrious Productions, Naj, Dennis, Jess, and then we're current with where I'm at, just FYI. While John's pulling those up, let's grab our friend Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight, 232, in the house, a Mount Rushmore superstar. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, if Locke falls on his arse, let Rippin take over the starting job and see if he has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. A lot of people got excited about that. Uh, what was it? Three touch? Was it two touchdown, three interception game where the where he gave the Broncos the first win of 2020? I'll pull it up. But a lot of fans got excited by that because he did look good. Like he looked like he was in command. But then the holes in the boat started showing itself with some of that lack of arm strength, just some of that inexperience too. And he got picked off a few times, including a pick six, and almost gave away the game. If it's not for Melvin Gordon, uh, and you know what? Brett Rippon got out in front in that play that I'm thinking of, too. He, he contributed to that long rumble for a touchdown from Gordon. But if it's not for that play, maybe the Broncos don't get that win in week four. And Drew Locke comes back in week six to take on the Patriots with the Broncos still 0-0, you know, no, or 0-4, I guess it would be at that point, which would have been for the second straight year. 
for Fangio opening his career as a head coach. And if Jerry Judy doesn't moss his DB, Chad, Brett, 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 Brett Rippon's stats look a lot worse than they are in that game. I have never seen a third-string quarterback have a bigger fan club than Brett Rippon. That's no disrespect to you, Jeremy. I've seen it in a lot of comments. They think Rippon could be a franchise quarterback, and more power to you if you believe that. But he is the ultimate career backup. Great guy to have around. I think he'll be a future coach one day, but not a franchise quarterback. Absolutely not. I want to bring up something on Rippon after we grab Josh here. Um, appreciate you, Josh. Seriously. And by the way, make sure we're connected on Twitter if you haven't reached out so that we can tag you. And remember, I have to say this every once in a while because a lot of times you, you got to clarify yourself. Sometimes we, we find out that a lot of our superstars or a superstar is following us on Twitter, but the name is different than the handle on YouTube. And we, you know, we're not mind readers. We can't tell that it's a different person. So make sure you let us know who you are. All right. And we will follow back. Uh, especially for our superstars. So, Josh, do you think all of this smoke is going to affect Drew next season? Also, do you think Drew can take on a leadership role with all the backfire from his teammates? Drew is my guy. Hashtag let him hate, baby. Love it. What's your thoughts for him as, as far as how this could affect Drew? I think one of Locke's best features is his mental tenacity, Chad, and his mental fortitude. He's overcome a lot in his collegiate career, in his NFL career, injuries and poor coaching and lack of continuity. Um, I think this is going to help him become better, whether that's in Denver or if he gets traded to another city. I think he'll be better because of this. He's not going to sit and sulk. He's not going to subtweet. He won't get in his feelings like Paxton Lynch. He's motivated and lives by and is governed by football. He lives, eats, breathes, and inhales it every day. He's a gamer to the, the utmost extent. I know I sound like his agent, but these are all facts, Chad, from what we've seen of Locke in two years in the NFL. He's just got to be a more consistent guy. If he can, if he can man, if he can mind that footwork, be more disciplined with his technique. I really do think still sky's the limit for old Drew. But here's Brett. Here's what blows my mind, Zach. All right, he's one and zero in the league. Good for you, dog. But look at this, dude. The most heralded two and four, you know, two touchdowns to four interceptions quarterback of all time. All right. I mean, look at this, dude. One start. All right. 295 yards, but that also includes the uh, – let me let me go to his – does it have his game split? Hold on. Let me see if I can find his game split. Uh, well, I'm not going to waste everyone's time. Uh, but remember, he played that last drive the game before against Tampa. So something like 60, 70 yards passing. So he, it was like 230, 240 yards in that career start that he had on the road against the Jets. Two touchdowns, four. Not one, not two, not three. Four picks. And so – it is interesting, but here's why. Let me answer that a little bit. Why are fans so enthused? Well, there's about ripping. There is something to be said about the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town. All right, that's part of the equation here. But I think it's also because fans like Jeremy could recognize the palpable, like the dude just felt like he was in control. Like he had good command of the scheme. He was doing things that you didn't see from Drew as often as you'd like to see in terms of setting up the protections pre-snap, uh, the pre-snap reads and, and whatnot, but then he still got picked off four times. Why? Well, part of that's inexperience, right? Part of that's, you know, going through the trial by fire of an NFL defense on the road. And I think part of that too is the lack of arm strength on that old whip. It comes home to roost. It does come out in the wash, lack of arm strength. If your between the years game is not perfectly on point and he's still so young that how could it be perfectly on point? 
I mean, that's a double standard is, though, you know, Locke bad because of picks, but R- Brett Rippin okay despite four picks. Why is it okay that Rippin threw four, and, you know, and, and it's not, and we have to kill Locke for every bad throw he makes. So it's selective bias, Chad. Everyone has their favorite, and you're right. The backup quarterback is always the most popular, but Brett Rippin to me, great guy to have on the roster, great mentor for a younger quarterback, but I don't know much beyond that. All right, John. So after we grab Jesse here, we got big chonkers, illustrious Naj and Dennis and Jesse, by the way. So just FYI, Uh, Jesse, thank you, my friend. Really appreciate you. Make sure you connect on Twitter. He says, hey, guys, in DJ's mock draft, Daniel Jeremiah, he has Trey Lance going to pick eight. If that happens, do we trade up? Also, how much do we get in a trade back with the Bears? Hashtag state of being from the 609. Rad, dude. Thank you, Jesse. Um, let me pull up the uh, NFL draft. Order. Where are the Bears picking? What number? That's, that's what I'm pulling up real quick here. Stand by real quick. I don't have this memorized quite yet. Um, all right, so Broncos at nine. Here, let me. you guys can follow along. So I think it's more fun for people to see what I'm seeing here. Uh, all right, so the Broncos at nine. Uh, Cowboys 10, Giants 11, Niners 12, Chargers 13, Vikings 14, Patriots 15, Cards 16, Raiders. Whoa, dang it. ESPN's websites are so clunky, man. Um, 18, Dolphins, 19, Washington. They're the 20s. 20. They would get a nice little haul. Yeah, so going from the 20, anywhere in the 20s, up into the top 10, um, we could pull up the old value chart, but it would be probably a – well. One, you're first, obviously. You're moving from 20 to 9. And then probably a 2 and a 3 at least, yeah. Zach. I mean, I yeah. last time I tried to guess it at freaking draft chart values, I, I got uh, pilloried, but I can double-check that. Yeah, I don't think they would get a first-round pick unless Chicago would be desperate to draft someone at number 9, but they would get at least maybe multiple seconds and a third or multiple seconds and a fourth or a pick swap later in, in the draft. They would get a nice little haul there, but I don't know that Chicago would want to do that. I don't really know their their needs too much or how, how bad they want to trade up. But the Panthers at eight, I don't think they're taking Trey Lance because if there's any team that has serious smoke to the Watson fire, it's Carolina right now. They are clearing cap space. A lot of reports that they're going to be uh, aggressive, even offering Christian McCaffrey and three first round draft picks reportedly, Chad. I think Houston will take that deal over the Broncos. So you'd have to get to 1350. All right. That's the point value of the number nine pick. So minus 850, which is the 20 pick. So what's that? You still got 500 points to, to cover that gap. So you're giving up a you're giving up a second rounder probably. Um, yeah, you're probably giving up a second or two thirds would be my guess to answer your question, my friend. All right, we got one here from uh, Big Chonkers, another newer name that we don't recognize. Love the name, welcome. don't know what it means, but we can use our imagination. You. Honestly, a Watson trade scares me more than keeping lock because of what we'd have to give up to get him there. Good news is we'll know in three weeks. We might know. We might know by three weeks, but this could drag on. But here's the thing. If you're the Texans, I know guys like Benjamin Albright are reporting they're inclined to just let him rot if he wants to hold out. But, again, you're not getting anything out of that. Sure, you're not paying him, but you're still without a quarterback, and you're still without the capital that you would have gotten if you would have traded him. So I think, honestly, here's my bold prediction. I bet the Houston Texans have a change of heart between now and the draft, uh, excuse me, between now and free agency. And uh, he, he probably ends up getting dealt 
I really do. I just don't know that it's going to be the Broncos. I don't think if we're to believe what Peyton said on just face value of what he said about his philosophy on his hello presser, Zach, how could he give, how could he do that? How could he give up the farm, right? It's going to take a true King's ransom to, to land Deshaun Watson. My bold take is it might not be three weeks or three months even. What was the last comparable trade where a quarterback was so disenfranchised he would consider holding out to force his departure? That would be what, Carson Palmer? And that happened during the season. So it could be up until the trade deadline where, again, he wouldn't lose that accrued year toward free agency Deshaun Watson would. It might drag on. And if I'm saying, Chad, if they don't have this resolved by free agency or definitely by the draft, they have to move on. They have to do what's in the best interest of Denver and start building this team and not build around what Deshaun Watson wants to do and his timeline. But also, Carson was an old man almost by that point. You know, He was an eight- or ninth-year vet by the time the uh, the Bengals dealt him to the, to the Raiders. All right, illustrious productions. Thank you for the super chat. Connect with us on Twitter, my friend. He says, what offensive scheme – do you think would best fit Drew? I think a Shanahan scheme, he'd be money in the bank, especially. That's why I think he looked good. That was five games he started in 19 because the Skangarello scheme, that's the bones that it's built on. But especially if you had Kyle hmm. making those play calls, and design, I think Drew could really succeed because that scheme demands movability, mobility, athleticism, improvis- improvisational Look, that was clunky. Um, acumen outside the pocket and the arm. If you got those things, my my full, strong, concrete belief, and this is absolute, is that Kyle Shanahan could make lemonade all day long with Drew Locke, a quarterback of Drew Locke's talent. So, but what's the difference? Let me let me just elucidate a little bit further here. What's the difference between a Kyle Shanahan scheme and a Pat Shermer scheme? Because they're both kind of West Coast bones. The big difference is Kyle is way more zone blocking, run scheme oriented, a lot more two tight ends, a lot more play pass, a lot more play fakes, a lot more play action. Whereas, as you saw from Shermer last year, he likes to just line up three wide outs in a tight end and the quarterback in the shotgun and just try and go. And it's it becomes so predictable because he doesn't uh, – he's not um, – what's, what's a good word? He's not versatile enough with his – uh, his packages and his his uh, groupings, personnel groupings, that it becomes predictable. Defenses can anticipate. And so if you don't have a very, very proven and experienced quarterback that knows how to manipulate defenses, it can blow up in your face. And, and for a young quarterback like Drew, who's still learning some of those things, learning how to perfectly read an NFL defense, learning pre-snap protections, where the blitz is coming from, how to swing the protection, all that stuff, what the coverage looks like pre-snap you're probably not going to have the most efficient offense in a Pat Shermer scheme. But if you took that same player, put him in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, you're Mm -hmm. protected by the ways that he mixes things up with his play calls, with his personnel groupings, with the run game. I'd love to see it. Dead on, yeah. And if, if Kyle Shanahan, which he did, he made Nick Mullins passable. He can make Drew Locke, I believe, into a top-12 quarterback because – when you have, not to an, an overly extent, you know, there's always a, a hint of moderation in every offense, but you saw no creativity 
in Pat Shermer's game. I mean, literally zero. He would not even have uh, play action under center for Drew Locke. No jet sweeps, no trip plays, nothing. But Kyle Shanahan, he calls those plays because it hides, if applicable, or it amplifies his quarterback in his team. Again, you put Kyle, you put Drew Locke in a Kyle Shanahan system, you put him on the, the Niners tomorrow, I believe his upside is a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. Coaching makes a huge, huge difference. All right, we do. I just realized time got away from me. We're eight minutes after an hour, so we really have to rapid fire these remaining supers. I'm, um, I'm sorry, gang, but we will get to everyone. That's what we do on this show, but we really got to be uh, succinct here. Naj, love you, bro. Bonafide superstar. He says, hey, brothers, looks like Simmons will command 14 to $15 million per season, making him the highest paid safety in the league. In your opinion, is this a prudent decision for the team considering the needs at linebacker and DB? This is another point that my – and thank you, Naj. This is another topic that my opinion has evolved on. For a long time, I was very skeptical that Simmons would be worth that kind of money. But all things considered, based on where he's at in his curve, being in the prime years, his leadership acumen, producing on the field, I would just pay that money and move on because there's a lot of reasons why. But I would just pay that money, and I think he will get that money. Whether it's from Denver or someone else, I think he's getting that money. And one of the reasons, besides the obvious, his talent, what he's done, it sends, we've said this a lot, it sends the right message in the locker room, a message that Elway has failed to send the last couple years. Peyton can send that in year one. We're going to lock down the guys that are homegrown. If you bust your ass for us, we will cut the check. And that's a good message in the locker room, Chad, to send. Dennis Woods, rocking the MHH dad hat like a boss. Love you, bro. He says, the clock is ticking. Move on from Watson. Roll with Locke, get a veteran quarterback. What's the latest on Vaughn's case? And is there any timeline for a court, a date, resolution? What do we do if it's not resolved by the draft? Change of priority. So we don't know. So here's my understanding. I'm not a freaking lawyer, all right? All disclaimers and legalese, all right? But right now, the Parker Police Department is criminally investigating Vaughn Miller. If they decide there's enough evidence to say this dude committed a crime, they would then submit that uh, recommendation to the district attorney, at which point that district attorney would look at the evidence and say, all right, is there enough for me to charge this guy? No, you know, in terms of could I win the case? Is, is this a conviction? Is it flimsy evidence? If not, I'm not going to pr- prosecute any, any, inst- any investigation is unfounded and dismissed. Or if he see if it's there, I mean, if there's any there, there, knock on wood, let's pray to God there's not. That's when a DA would then say, well, yeah, I got to prosecute. But we don't know where we're at in that timeline, Zach. We have no clue. We're lost. My speculation is no news is good news on Vaughn. I feel like if there was more to it, more would have come out by now. All we know is it was a domestic dispute, allegedly, and I believe that was handled. I want to hope anyway that it was handled between Vaughn and his ex-fiance. All right, let's grab uh, Jesse. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, hot take, Joel Klatt should have Colin's job. Talking about Colin Cowherd. Yeah, Joel Klatt knows what he's about. I like Joel Klatt. I think uh, I miss him being on uh, Denver radio, being able to hear him every day. He's he's good. Uh, Colin, a little, little too hot takey for us. Uh, Tyler, appreciate you, bro, again. He says, showed up late to the party, but just wanted to show some love. Keep up the great work. Hashtag DB4L. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag finally not freezing in <laughs> Oklahoma. Wow, good thank news. you, Tyler. Glad to hear that, my friend. All right, let me see here. Um, Christian wants to know. Thank you, Christian, for the super chat. Just wondering your guys' thoughts on Benjamin Albright and all good teams 
now build from within. And that's what Peyton knows we need to do. Um, I'm not sure you mean like on, on Ben, the dude, cause Ben's friend of the show. We've had Ben on the show many times. Um, he's a guy that I'll go to for insight on issues, nothing but respect and love for Benjamin Albright, the uh, NFL insider slash, you know, Denver radio host. But in terms of Peyton's uh, philosophy, that's why it doesn't jibe Zach with what we're, what we know it would take to land Watson. It, again, it's not just what he said at the podium. I mean, you can say something, but it's what he did in Minnesota. It's literally who he is. So and expecting him to abandon that in year one of his of his new GM job, I think, is a little naive. I'm going to read this, but look, Shane, here's props to you on Facebook real quick. He says, my voice about Broncos, give Drew one more year. Our coaches aren't making the right decisions. The fans that pay attention will agree. Last year, we had an offensive coach that Locke did good under, not very good under Pat Shermer, talking about the previous year. Why the heck did they let last year's offensive coordinator go? Shake my head. Head coach Vic Fangio needs to pay attention to the football games, guys. Week one against the Titans, we could have had a chance to win, but he didn't call timeouts and the right decisions at the end of the game uh, to give. And then he goes on. Um, I lost him. I don't know where he went. But I just wanted to give you some love on that. And we feel you. Like, we are scratching our heads still to this day, Zach, on why the Broncos cut bait with Rich Scangarello. I was scratching my head from the moment we we heard the news, and it made no sense. And not only that, you 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 uh, you know you double down by hiring Pat Shermer of all the replacement you know candidates. So we'll never right. know. Real quick here, um, I know I said rapid fire. We got to get to the supers, but I wanted to grab that. Here's where we're at, John. I'm at uh, seven twenty seven with Tyler again, and here's in between. We need to grab Willie, Rogue Theory again, Michaela again, Mark again. Oh, no, we got Mark. Uh, Naj again, and then we're good. So so, so see if you can find Willie, Rogue Theory, and Michaela again, and we should be good. Meantime, I'm going to grab this Tyler Randall again. Thank you, bro. Thank you. He says, speaking of Tim Patrick, I'd much rather have him at wide receiver two right now over Judy just because of his consistency, proficiency, week in, week out, then add his chemistry with Locke. I say re-sign and reward him for everything Hashtag MHH for life. Love it. Appreciate you, Tyler. I I don't quite see it that way for what it's worth. I see him as a, if you do keep him and you don't tender and trade him, Zach, it's because he makes for a dang good, dang good um, X backup for when Cortland Sutton comes in. But, you know, maybe you're not ready. Maybe KJ Hamler as a route runner is not quite ready for, you know, 100% snaps. And so you do run he, him, Patrick, and Sutton outside the hash marks, and Judy's your slot guy. There's a lot of things you could still do in a big, bad way with Tim Patrick, but I do think there is an element of redundancy there where if you could get the value from him on a, as a top 100 pick in the draft to flip him, I would do that, but that's just me. The chemistry thing is a good point, though, because in that Houston game that we referenced, that that long sideline pass that Locke had, his first highlight, who was that too? That was to Tim Patrick, and he's always made catches. And unlike Judy, he's never dropping passes. He he runs routes well. He catches well. He's a good teammate. He's supportive of Locke. I mean, I'm really a big Tim Patrick fan, and I hope they keep him around, not just for this year, but multiple years. BG in the house. Appreciate you, Brian Greenfield. Thank you, Thank you Doug. Um, we also got Willie here. Appreciate you, Willie. We've been saying we haven't seen this type of quarterback available for trade before. He may be the first, but what if there's a second next year? What if? Yeah, I mean, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, right? We all would have a Merry Christmas. 
hypotheticals are hard to, um, you know, to, to spend too much time on, but the closest thing approximating a Deshaun Watson trade is the Jay Cutler trade in 2009, but it's still not apples to apples because, you know, Cutler didn't have as many proven productive years as Watson. Cutler was coming off his third season and it was a great one. He was a top five quarterback that year, but it was one year. All right. Watson's got three, you know, even the one year he didn't make the pro bowl as a rookie. It's because he tore his ACL. If he doesn't tear his ACL. That dude was on pace to put up some serious volume and he already did put up volume that year. But so there's more of a sample size in terms of those who are saying he's a top five quarterback. Okay. That, that are holding on to that. There's more of a sample size there to justify it. Yeah, and Russell Wilson could be available next year. Aaron Rodgers could be available. There could be a quarterback trade, and who knows? Deshaun Watson might set a new precedent, Chad, for superstar quarterbacks that force their way out, but the Broncos can't wait around, and they can't hope and pray, and they can't assume. They have to operate with facts and logic, and if Deshaun Watson is not the guy to come to Denver, they have to be prepared as they are to move forward with who they have right now on the roster. Looks like we have we've had a few trolls that John's had to whack them all tonight in this in the chat. Uh, Rogue theory, Josh again, love you, bro. To be honest, I'm tired of hearing Watson's name. I'm with Drew, so he he's kind of echoing you there, Zach. He's he's kind of over the whole thing and ready to start talking more about how can we how can you build the team in the draft? Yeah. It just gets so toxic and so combative. It's like if you disagree, that's fine. But if you know you you don't know any less, or you're not a bad person because you don't think Deshaun Watson will land here. One way or the other, Chad, I'll be looking forward to a resolution to this storyline. All right, John. There's another one from Michaela and Naj, and then we're good. Uh, meanwhile, here's Swag X Nation. Thank you for that super chat. A newer name we don't recognize. So welcome. welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. I really like Drew Luck. He has all the tools. He only had one year, really, and there was no offseason or training camp. So give the guy a break. Go BRS. Amen, dog. That's basically our philosophy on this, to be frank with you. Um, Michaela, thank you, my friend. She says, Mike Dicka traded the whole draft for Ricky Williams. True. And so did the the, uh, Vikings to uh, acquire Herschel Walker even before that. So how does it work out for the Saints? How did it work out for the Saints? Why would the Broncos make a similar mistake? Yeah, I feel you on that. I mean – the Dallas Cowboys built a, you know, a juggernaut three-time world championship team because the Vikings were suckers enough to give those picks away for Herschel Walker. It didn't uh, benefit the the Saints at all, and the Ricky Williams trade that is. So there are some cautionary tales, but it's not quite apples to apples because those are both running backs, Watson's right. quarterback. I still don't think, you know, I don't think anyone except, again, unless your name is Peyton Manning, is is worth that trade. And, again, Deshaun Watson, kill me if you want. He's not Peyton Manning. Naj, love you, bro. He says, one characteristic that makes Watson special is his teammates believe in him and they feel they're never out of a game. At least some Bronco players don't feel this way about Locke. He must change this narrative to succeed. I agree that it, Drew's not perfect. Guys, We we're not saying Drew's this untouchable, perfect specimen of a quarterback there's still a gap that he needs to bridge what we're what we're saying is that you've gone this far with him and it's not as if he's provided you zero flashes zero signs that you're on the right path with him I mean again if we were talking about 18 starts of Paxton Lynch caliber quarterbacking I'd be with everyone on the whole whether it's Watson whether it's the draft using the nine pick to trade or get a quarterback I'd be there with you honest to God I'd be there but there has been enough there there with Drew through 18 starts that I'm not ready to throw that baby out with the bathwater because 
you, you that could blow up in your face and you're at the penultimate moment where you can now start potentially cashing in and reaping the rewards of what you've invested in Drew. And now you're at risk of saying goodbye to all that if you make the wrong decision. We are the first to point out his flaws last year, and we're the for- first to point out, no, it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just another lock. Always had a hand in how bad the offense was, and it, he didn't take the step forward that we all thought he would take, but to pin it all on him, that's where I draw the line, or to say that he's this irredeemable quarterback prospect, that's where I draw the line. You don't really know what you have in him yet. Anything else right now is just reactionary and, and, and impulse and knee-jerk, and I don't, I don't think the same way. Connor Klein, thank you. Welcome. Reach out on Twitter, connect with us. What do you think about Tyree Cleveland? Tyree Cleveland made me eat a little crow. He impressed me, especially late in the year. Dude, anytime that guy touched the ball, he did good things. I'm excited about Tyree Cleveland. I really am. I didn't think he'd be a factor. I was skeptical he'd even make the roster as a seventh-round pick who was considered to be an underachiever at Florida uh, and still very raw as a, as a kick returner. He had a better average than, uh, what's his name, Deontay Spencer. All right, when Spencer got hurt, he averaged more on kick returns, not punts, kick returns than Spencer. And then especially week 17, four or five catches, and then he disappeared, of course, in the second half because we're talking about a Pat Shermer offense. But nevertheless, I was stoked about Cleveland. Yeah, he's more jaggish to me than Tim Patrick is, but he's a good guy to have on the roster, a good developmental guy, and he did make some plays last year. I'm excited to see Chad. In this loaded offense, you talk about the Cortland Suttons and you know the Jerry Judys and Noah Fans, but they have those Tim Patricks, the Tyree Clevelands as well. You put it all together, it could be dangerous. Mark Langley, love you, bro. He says, Zach, I love your honesty. At the end of the day, dude, I'm sticking with Locke. Hashtag huddle up pod, hashtag football priest, MHH. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that, my friend. Really do. All right, let me see. Uh, BG, Swag, Connor, I think we're current, but let me double check that. You know, we don't like to to leave a super, ch- a super chat superstar out in the cold, and we're good. So, guys, thank you so much. We didn't anticipate being on uh, for nearly 90 minutes with you tonight, but it flew by. I mean, we got to an hour eight, and I didn't even – it didn't even occur to me to look at the clock. So that's credit to you guys for keeping these conversations so fun and compelling for Zach and I. It really does uh, – you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spice of life. You guys – bless our lives and we are grateful for each and every one of you but we got to say goodbye for tonight follow the pod on twitter excuse me on facebook twitter as well we'll get to that on facebook i put the the link in the chat i can do it again here all right let me see if this is the same cool clipboard is on point there it is again give us a like give us a follow on facebook we're going to be announcing some giveaways from those who are both liking and following the page uh tomorrow night. So stay tuned for that. If you want in your name, if you're following and liking that page, you're randomly, uh, you're going to the pot, right? It's like a raffle and you can be randomly selected for some swag. So take care of that Twitter at huddle up pod at mile high huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen and our producer, Buona beast, AKA at John K M H H on Twitter. Fun follow. Great follow on Twitter. Trust on that. And then, guys, last thing here, uh, before you dip out, please give this video a like. And if we did a good job for you, share this video out there. Help us continue to grow. And check out the merch store when you get some time. All right. Other than that, Zach, we uh, tomorrow night we're talking with uh, Dylan. All right. Thanks, yep. Greg. Uh, tomorrow night we're talking with Dylan. It's an impromptu superstar segment. We're going to have Dylan on tomorrow night. So we look forward to that. 
And then um, a great week of podcast programming right. coming down the pike. So have a great start to your week, bro. And, you and you sign us off. Of course, you, you too as well. And everyone else out there, thank you for tuning in with us. We'll hope you have a great end to your weekend, a great start to your week. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 